What's happening, guys? It's Adam here. Just a quick word from our sponsors before we kick off today's episode. That is Beer52.com. Beer52 is the UK's most popular craft beer discovery club. They're number one, baby. And they'll send you some amazing beers every month, and you can rate and review them via their website to earn points and rewards. Now, every month's beers that you get sent will have a brand new theme. Past themes have been the beers of Germany, California, Belgium, Korea, New Zealand, South Africa, and many, many more. And they've kindly given our listeners an exclusive offer. You'll get a free case of eight beers, an award-winning beer magazine, and a tasty snack the second you sign up. They'll send them out in the post here, and you can't catch Corona from the post. All you have to do is pay a few quid for the delivery, and you can cancel or pause your membership at any time. Sign up now at beer52.com slash word. That's our exclusive link. That's B-E-E-R 52.com slash W-O-R-D. You'll claim your free case of beer, and for every person that signs up via that link only, they slide us a little bit of money. That supports the podcast. It helps us out. It's win-win. So do us a favour, pause the pod here, go and do that now, and then enjoy the episode. Nice one. See you in a bit. Fucking did it in one take, bro. Yeah, man. Now, I'm getting the word not. Oh. Ja! Upset me, nasty bitch. Catch me outside. How about that? I'm big boned. I'm heavy structure. I'm hung low. If I pull my shit out, this whole room get dark. Disgusting! It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel like podcasting with video on YouTube, on social media at Have a Word Pod. You're listening to the funniest podcast in the game. Have a Word. Shut down dailies. Let's get through this mess together. <laughs> Good morning, good morning. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. does feel like morning. Um, this is the unusual today for us, isn't it? Way earlier. This is seriously early because I'm doing something fucking intrinsically Tory in about two and a half hours. Oh, no. Having a VE garden party on the street. No, you're not! Yeah, and I tell you, I'm no. not I'm not even joking. Someone's playing tunes across the way was trying out just about half an hour ago just as I was coming upstairs and I heard them playing the Dad's Army theme tune. <laughs> That's the fucking level of tunes that are going to be dropped from Who do you think you are kidding, Mr. Hitler? If you think old England's done. Oh, it's going to be so white. Oh, it's going to be so fucking white. What is VE Day? Because I don't know. Uh, I just know I think you're a nonce. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a nonce thing. It's victory in Europe. It was the end of the... It was the end of the war in Europe in 1945, 75 years ago. The and Nazi then, one. Is that the Nazi one? Yes, the And then about four months later, the Japanese were like, nah, mate, we're not giving up. We'll fight to the last man. And America were like, well, what about these two bombs on your fucking ass? two bombs and the end and then they were like oh shit didn't know you were gonna do that <laughs> we, we were going fight but fuck it's always like you know you play fighting and then someone just fucking lamps someone like oh i knew we were fighting but fucking hell guys like it was that it was, you just compare a nuclear holocaust to a slightly harder dig <laughs> i mean it you know i think the analogy stands it's like getting a knuckle okay, duster out well, when you're I fucking guess. around with your cousin in it i guess that one 
actually. I get I, I suppose that's okay to celebrate. I've just I've never really understood like the idea of national service and giving a shit. And I don't know whether that's because Liverpool is historically disenfranchised from central government and stuff, but like do you know if there was like a war in Iraq that went mad, like worse than it did, and like they were drafting people and it was like your like at that time, like it might have been like Adam, you're of the age we're signing you up to go and fight. I'd yeah. have said no. I'd have done prison rather than go and kill people. Yeah. I think but it's... But Nazis is different, isn't it? I think it's hard to... I mean, this is like three generations ago, isn't it? My granddad fought in the war. My my other granddad, who's still alive, just... He... he, he Basically, he was... 17 at the end of the war so he, he he was dying all of his mates were dying to go and then they were like war's finished and he was like fuck because they were dying to go they wanted it it got you laid fucking about yeah. like oh I didn't go to war because you know because of my asthma people the girls were like fuck off they wanted servicemen it was yeah, it was what your mates was a- did it's what your brothers did your cousins you know your dad maybe had done it in the war before they all wanted to do it and to not do it like I think now there's a cultural difference I think cowardice in that era and I'm not saying conscientious objectors were cowards but that's what they were labelled as and that stigma fucking stuck yeah my granddad fought in it well I say fought he was um, an electrical engineer uh, and he 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 was he he was sorting the cars and that out you know what I mean my granddad served his whole fucking five years or whatever he is in the forces for in uh, basically just taxiing people around in the air force he was like tell us about the war and he was like um I had a truck kept it serviced just drove people around when they told me to drive them around (laughs) it's like did you ever even hear a bullet he was like no no a couple of lads got malaria that's about it (laughs) he's just it's, he was so far back. He was like, I don't know, but to to, I'm not a bit. I'm not into it. And I think the further we get away from it, the less people will will, will give a shit. But I, you've seen where I live. It's very Middle Englandy, isn't it? It's like oh, four yeah, miles yeah, yeah. out of Chester. I can and, imagine. Is there bunting up? Has someone got oh, any mate? They're playing fucking dad's army across Is the way. Bunting? There's several bits of bunting. The, oh. I, I honestly think the only reason someone's not been round to go, we've got bunting for the whole street, is because they're not allowed to. I think someone from the fucking parish council would absolutely have loved... Where I'm from, bunting is something you get from a Jamaican bakery. Oh, (laughs) mate. Not even my line. (laughs) Adam, Adam, you brought the jukesies. You hung over? Yes. 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 A little bit wobbly yesterday, weren't you? Well done on the description of the podcast as well, because that was entertaining once people were tweeting me it. (laughs) You got a little bit pissy, didn't you? I was... A little bit wavy. Oh, God. I'm ropey today. And it... Yeah. It's so bad because we were talking about hangovers and I, I like to go for a walk and have two types of fucking chips, you know. I woke up at 4am. Just, you know, when your body is like, it feels like some someone's put like a furnace inside you, like, what is going on? I'm so warm. And then I was too hot and I was too cold. And I've, since my brother-in-law's gone, I've taken the bed out of the studio because I just want it to be a studio because I felt like a high-tech prisoner. And yeah. 
I, I haven't sorted the other room out yet. So I was like, oh shit, I'm going to be in with Laura. And last night was the first night I was sleeping in with Laura. And I was fucking steaming when we went to bed. Woke <laughs> up at four. You know, when you're, inst- you're still pissed, but you're, the hangover started early. You've not even been able to sleep through it. I was hot. I had to go for a shit at six. I had to then get back in bed. I was like, Argh. then the juice I was trying to drink felt awful. And then I vommed. I vommed just as Etta was getting up. She was like, oh, daddy's poorly. I was like, oh, God, it's the worst. Ropey, mate. And I, you know when parents do that thing of like, oh, I tell you what, before you've got kids, just enjoy your life. Like, it's They just wank on about the same things. The one thing that all parents listening will will recognise is, I hate all that shit about live your life. It's fucked when you've got kids. Your life with kids is amazing. But the hangovers with small children, <laughs> it's like a level of shame you didn't know you had. Because when Etta got up and I puked, Laura went, you're not coming in here. And there was no other bed. So I had to get in my daughter's bed and just like, oh. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, oh, this fucking, my neighbour Totoro and like pink things on the wall. And I'm like pushing out Mr. Fluffy Bunny and and just like I love how Laura would rather you get in bed with Etta than her once you've been sick no no Etta was my my daughter if I tried to get in my daughter's bed in the morning for a cuddle she would punch me in the fucking eye she she was already in with Laura like looking on the iPad and Laura was like you're not coming I'd I'd been trumping I'd been doing that thing you know when you know you're doing it but you can't stop where you're you're awake and you're getting annoyed you can't sleep going Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, I was just awful. I was the worst type of bedfellow. So I have been roping. You got in your daughter's bed, and it wasn't even like, let's let's daddy and daughter have a cuddle. It was just... It was the only place to sleep. That's so tragic. And so the, the image I've got in my head of you wrapped in a pink Barbie. Yeah. Or whatever. It's not far thing. off. It, it, and, it, and it's that thing of like I can't, I can't move and then she's like daddy daddy let's have a disco and you're like oh I'm usually a good dad she's like play music I want to be like I'd rather shoot myself in the face <laughs> oh it's absolutely horrific daddy what do you want to do lie here and cry why don't we play doctors and we'll play end of life care you can work <laughs> you can be a doctor uh, do you know what a hospice is okay daddy's gonna play terminal patient just go and say to mummy there's nothing we can do we're just doing our best to make him comfortable (laughs) (laughs) this will help him rest um, that's how it felt I've put myself on a coffee ban okay because I am not sleeping at appropriate times. I was up till quarter to seven this morning. Oh no, another. Yeah. Just like That's when I was puking. Go on. Up to like two o'clock. Me me and Jade got in bed about eleven and watched the telly for a few hours. And then Jade was like, right, bedtime, ten or off, whatever. And I was like, Yeah, you can do whatever you want. I'm gonna go downstairs and play FIFA for a bit. I lost four games in a row. I lost four games in a row on FIFA. Nearly smashed me pads a bit. Okay. So I turned that off. Um and then I was like, right, I'm going to do a bit of work. So I started working on the artwork for the stand-up special. Lovely. Um, which it looks like, I'll confirm this in a few days, it's going to come out on Saturday the 30th of May. 
Um, Love it. That's a, a heavy pencil of a date. So put that in your diary. If you haven't already gone to my YouTube channel to subscribe, please do that. You can go to youtube.com slash Adam Rowe Comedy. A-D-A-M-R-O-W-E-C-O-M-E-D-Y. Um, and hit subscribe but also there's a little bell you'll notice on YouTube if you click that it means you'll get an email whenever I upload a video um, nice. so when the special goes online you'll get an email about that if um, you could go and look at my YouTube which is not as comprehensive as Adam's but I'd like some follows as well on the old YouTube it's Dan Nightingale comedy so that'd be appreciated I am not bringing out a special to be honest but first of all go oh, yeah. to Adam's do Adam's yeah that's the most important and then come and have a wonder if you're still on YouTube there's not that m- many videos on my channel, to be honest with you, but there's a, a playlist of all my hot water videos that you can find if you go there. So, yeah, do that. The good um, thing. But I just, I got bogged down in doing the artwork and then I looked up and I hadn't shut, like we've got patio doors. I hadn't shut the blinds so I could see it was that getting it was light. getting light. Oh. And I was like, what the fuck, what time is it? Because in my head, because I like, I'd played four games of FIFA, which is just over an hour and turned that off. But, time doesn't seem to pass when you're playing FIFA so I thought that was about 10 minutes if you'd have asked me the time I'd have gone it's about 3 quarter past 3 it was 10 to 5 and by the time I actually stopped scrolling on my phone after that and got upstairs it was half 5 and then I was up in bed for another hour and Jade's got that I told you so face on because she's been telling me for a while I drink too much coffee and too late in the day and what's been happening is I get up I have myself a coffee and as I said the other day I have a second coffee when we do the pod and my coffee first of all coffee is ranged on a one to five strength yeah. scale my coffee is strength five and I have a double espresso coffee twice a day so I was having one when I get up and I feel amazing and then I have another one while we're on the podcast but wow. yesterday we did the podcast at like quarter past five yeah. so I had a fucking Colombian mule kick of a coffee. What's a double espresso? Isn't an espresso already like? I don't drink. I'm not a coffee drinker. But isn't an espresso already like a double hard bastard? And then you're having, like, is it like a quadruple no. hard so, bastard? So if you go to if you go to a coffee shop and order a double espresso, you essentially get a double shot of coffee. It's like ordering right, a double right, sambuca. Right. 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 But most coffee in the UK that you get from a coffee shop is espresso based so if you order an americano a double shot americano which is what i drink they'll get that double shot of coffee and then add a load of hot water to it and then a little bit of milk like you do so it's like if a you just have a white yeah, coffee yeah. so that's that's what i drink i drink a double espresso white americano right fuck me and you drink so it's, two it, of those it, it, in a, in a, in a basically in an afternoon yeah, that's what it's I've been doing. In it. Yeah, especially when for a month before it, I had no coffee. I like an energy drink, and the worst thing you can ever do is think you're flagging pre-gig and go, "Oh, I'm just going to bosh one; it'll give me a boost." You could adrenaline will get you through the gig anyway. It, as soon as you do that, you are messing with your sleep so badly. If you have one in the morning at lunchtime, it's different. As soon as you get to tea time and after that, it's such a day. Now, I can still sleep, but I, I think I've told you before, I do like the vampire rise at like 3.30. My heart starts pounding. My dream gets really fucking intense. I'm like fighting off like all sorts. And then I wake up like, <gasps> and it's off. My heart's fucking going. It's so bad. It can't be good for you, that shit. No, can't energy drinks, I, I, um, 
will very, very, very rarely have them anymore because of the palpitations it's given me in the past. But sometimes, if I'm tired, if I've had a long day and I've got a gig, I will have a strong coffee late, late on. But it doesn't normally affect me the way it is at the minute. I'm assuming that it's coffee and not just a lack of fucking shit to do, so I'm bored and not tired. I think it's the lack of an adrenaline. I think I'm sure this is... I've. I've I've floated this theory. I'm not convinced it's a real theory, but we gig so much and we have that spike of excitement and then deal with it. And there's like we expel that adrenaline and energy. And we've just we've had eight weeks of not fucking doing it. That's gotta have some effect. So it is then caffeine like add is it more potent because you've got almost like more kinetic energy in you. I don't know. It sounds like stupid shit, but I, no, I think I, it could be. It true. does sound like bullshit, but I I I believe you bullshit like. What you mean is when I have a, a double espresso Americano at seven o'clock at night and then do a gig at half eight, the adrenaline of the gig and the come down of it burns through a lot of the caffeine yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, I, I think that's probably... Um, obviously, as a comedian, when you're like, oh God, it's so difficult. We've got extra adrenaline that we're not getting rid of. Like, I'm not trying... That's not going for sympathy or anything. Like, it's not like, oh, we're having a hard time. Like, it's just a weird offset of of losing out on what we do like i miss the gigging and everything but it's mental that that can actually have an effect on your body like you're almost people have said and this must be psychological but saturdays are worse saturday's the worst night because they're like oh god this is the night i'm always gigging it's saturday night it's the best night of gigging that's why i think the boozing for us on a saturday is my favorite bit of boozing Because it's just like... I was about to say that. I think the reason I haven't had that is because every Saturday I've had a drink. Like, I am gagging for a pint. Like, or well, when I say a pint, I mean a beer. Like, tomorrow, I've got a case of Bud Light cans, and I might go through all fucking 15 of them tomorrow. I deserve a drink. I've had a shit week mentally with this shit. Yeah. It's fucking draining me now. I need a gig. I need to be allowed back out, but I also don't want to go back out yet because we might all die or I might kill me dad. It's such a fucking shit situation. Yeah. And having a pint on a Saturday is fucking helping me through it. Well, you know, considering yesterday you sort of held the fucking ship together as I, like, skipped around the deck, like, like, I, you can, I'll, you go for it. You run ahead, podcast-wise. You have the booze. I'll have a few. Right now, even contemplating a turbo shandy feels a little bit ropey. But I will have a few, but I'll stay, you know, I'll stay relatively controlled and you can go full case Bud Light if you want. I mean, yeah. what 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 are they announcing on Sunday, Adam? What are they I have to admit, if you'd have told me five, six weeks ago when you were like, I don't think we're gigging until November, I was like, mate, I feel that really feels overly cautious and pessimistic and I sadly enough I'm really coming round to your way of thinking I think maybe by August and September there's a random gigs popping up that are giving it a try and I think by October November December you, you're going to be on like a part time schedule with maybe half wages it's going to be the new year before it even starts looking similar to it that to how it was before but I I I really thought we'd be gigging by sort of July and I'm, I'm, I think that might be a month or two early. And even when we are, I can't see it being more than one or two a week. I don't see how you're going to have that many gigs. Every comic's going to be like, yeah, I'll gig. It's going to be weird. I'm very, very lucky with hot water that 
as soon as they open again, they will open seven days a week. As soon as they're allowed to open and they can financially justify opening, and they, they will do the full seven days, and I'm just going to text Blair and go, Sunday to Thursday, I'll come down for free. I'm not asked. Pay me on the weekends. Sunday to Thursday, I just want to come and speak to a room full of fucking people. And I'll do that for four weeks, and I'll come out of it with a new set. Do you think... I think what's coming, and this is just industry talk, I know, but we get so many emails saying that people love this side of what we talk about, because it's the only thing I'm anywhere near an expert on. I think what is in a comedian's diary now, going forward, I think that diary can be put in the fucking bin. I don't think any of those bookings stand, because if and when gigs open up, if they are like, guys, we can only put 70 people, 80 people in this room at the most. We can only pay you 80 quid. Well, if you live too far away, you're not going to be able to get to the gig. I think all of those gigs need to be ripped up. And then it, I look at the frog and hot water particularly and think, thank fuck I live within 40 minutes of you guys. Because I'm not, I mean, with hot water, there's Paul Smith, there's you. Then who are the guys that hot water, like Danny, Danny Mac? And Freddie, Danny Max, Freddie Quinn, Phil Chapman, Phil. Uh, I'm like in the tier down of guys they use. Mm-hmm. Like I'm definitely in with the hot uh, in with hot water. I'm there every five six weeks. But you guys are like their goat. But like I think I'm the same with the. You both of us are, are the same with the frog. They'll come to us first. I could see us running a really localized circuit. Yeah. Because how are you going to be able to afford to go to Newcastle or Brighton? Exactly. Tell you what, though, I'm still not doing the fucking slaughterhouse. That gang of cunts can suck my dick. <laughs> and that word from our sponsors. What? What? what the fuck just happened? Oh my god! I don't know if you you probably couldn't hear the fucking blowtorch that Adam just lit. He just torched the fucking you know. Uh, here's a word from our new sponsor, Slaughterhouse Comedy. In li- <laughs> Do you like gigs? <laughs> some men, Mr. <laughs> some men, Mr. White, just want to watch the world burn. Oh, God. Now then, lids, I want to tell you about Trans Alloy Wheels Limited. Alloy wheel refurbishments, car body work, and customization services in Leeds and throughout West Yorkshire. Basically, these guys can sort your wheels out. And if you listen to this thinking, well, I'm not like a boy racer, I'm not that bothered about my car. Mate, I drive a Volvo, and after the fucking Rona, I'm going to these guys at Trans Alloy Wheels Limited when I'm gigging in Yorkshire, and I'm going to get them to sort out the alloys that are all scuffed up and fucked on my Volvo V40 so even if you've got a sensible dadmobile or you've inherited your nana's banger soup up the wheels get them sorted if you park like a bell end, get them tidied up make them look smarter go the full hog get them jazzed up get them glitzy get them gold just live your life through your alloy wheels they can add value to your car and make it look fucking smart they use the same techniques as the biggest car manufacturers and they offer powder coating diamond cutting painting new tyres acid stripping and shot blasting tyre fitting and removal they do car body repairs and they have a pickup and delivery service they also do insurance work these guys have got amazing reviews online come and get your wheels souped up changed and refurbished and this is the best bit all have a word listeners will receive 25% off everything I'm going 
I'm getting my saving. These guys are amazing. Trans Alloy Wheels Limited. Get them on Facebook, Insta, online, the lot. Nice one, lids. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling triggered. It must be Have a Word with Adam and Dave. <laughs> you surprised me on a lucky. Oh, do you Nelson Mandela again? It's. I want to live in a world where a man and a woman can live together. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it's so surprisingly not shit. <laughs> also, what what was that quote? Did you just make that quote? I want to live in a world where a man and a woman can live together, which is the world. Um, I think I've got that quote from watching. I'm actually doing an impression of someone doing a Nelson Mandela impression. Yeah. And they say that. Who is it? I can't remember. I do love impressions, though. Good ones. I think there's no middle ground with an impressionist for me. You're either brilliant or dog shit. There's no one who's okay at impressions. Yeah, 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 yeah. And someone who's brilliant at them. Like, that's something else I watch when I'm hungover. I watch Denzel Washington impressions. Denzel impressions. Why Denzel? Pacino. Um, oh, I don't like Pacino impressions as well. I tell you what's weirdly hacky. In Brit, yeah, British stand-up when someone does a De Niro impression, it's weirdly hacky. Like the face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like do a, a face. Like, what the fuck De Niro. are you doing, mate? <laughs> what a brilliant impression. You just go. <laughs> um. We've got some uh, correspondence, Adam, and then we've got uh, a little bunch of would-you-rathers. I did not have the creative capacity to make any of these. I have just read emails and gone, yeah. (laughs) Colin Hagen, who has uh, been in touch uh, with several things. Colin, we appreciate you, and we appreciate you getting in touch so much. He's emailed in going, good morning, lads. Fully endorsed the reduced hours of output. I think you've done amazing work. Appreciate you, Colin. Thank you. On my last big night out before the Rona lockdown, I met this lovely young woman. Now, he sent a picture that he's been had taken on his phone. Now, Colin, is he, you know, he's about my age, maybe a, a touch older. Uh, he's looking good, you know, and she is fucking hot. She looks like Kim right. Kardashian's fucking cousin. She's banging. Mama got titty. She is amazing. And he looks pleased as punch to be anywhere fucking near her. Like, he, he's got that look in my go, am I going to get to touch those fucking boobs? He's got that look in his eyes of like, <laughs> fucking hell. She's like me close enough to sniff her. Like, he's chuffed to fuck. So I think essentially what he's saying is, I met this amazing woman and things are pretty good. And then the fucking lockdown started and he said every day for the last couple of weeks he's obviously been a bit depressed that he's not been able to crack crack on with this woman i've had a little cry for her after you found out that netherton is that netherton a part of liverpool netherton netherton parrot whaler so funny because we've started using the drop and guess what this hottie's name was that colin met on a night out and is dying to bang <laughs> so every time we play it we're all like, oh yeah, the parrot got lost. Shalom! And he's like, I want to stick my dick in. Shalom! <laughs> I can't fuck. Shalom! <laughs> Do you reckon when he finally comes, he's going to sound like that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting close. I'm getting close. I'm nearly there. Shalom! <laughs> Don't fuck it up and shout, Denise! 
<laughs> Craig Cooper has emailed in. All right, Dave and Anne. <laughs> what? Possibly. I know. Leave it. Hey, leave the fucking Mars. I will. I don't bring the fucking Mars into it. They're both fucking dead. Um. Also, someone mentioned my mum on uh on Twitter and, and spelled it with a K, and I found that more annoying than them trying to do jokes about my dead mum. I'm like, all right, we'll do mum banner. Former Nightingale. I can tell I'm hungover because I found that genuinely funny. Look at you with the wordplay. You've been fucking WhatsApping Danny Mac. Um, <laughs> bunting. Uh, all right, Dave and Anne, possible new feature. Um, l- listen, guys, when I'm hungover, I'm all for this. Not just people emailing in, but actually going, look, do you want us to do all the work for you? Possible new feature, call it proudest moment. Craig says his proudest moment ever... He's a born and bred Scouser and I'm a restaurant manager and used to live and work down in that there London. So Christmas party came and I took all the team out for a meal and night out. The place the team chose was bang average at best. So after the meal was done, my drunken ass thought it would be funny to mess with the restaurant. They had a foyer bit with an unattended computer. So I decided to put on the website meatspin.com. We leave the website. It's a gay sex website <laughs> it sounded like <laughs> the way i pronounced that it was like i was trying to hide the fact that i know the gay porn industry really well. it's adam it's a gay sex worldwide web hosting site i assume <laughs> and i believe it has pictures of sodomy um, i want to live in a world where a man and a man can live together <laughs> i want to live in a world where a man can spin his meat <laughs> We leave the place, assuming it would be found moments later by a staff member and think nothing of it. They've done a bit of banter because they work in a restaurant. They know how to fuck with, like, you know, the little foyer computer. Cut to a month later, and I see this in a national newspaper. Colin has attached uh, an article from the Metro, and the headline of the Metro is, Family saw hardcore gay porn playing on restaurant computer. Yeah. A mother has contacted police after a three sons witnessed hardcore gay pornography being played on a restaurant computer screen. Jade Miller, 27, took her sons to Jimmy's restaurant at the O2 in Greenwich when her two elder sons told her they had seen something bad. <laughs> she looked at the screen, which what showed... What these fucking homophobic children? Something <laughs> bad. There's nothing wrong with a man and a man having a little bum there's fucking nout wrong with that kid would they have said it was wrong if there was a lady involved no they wouldn't they'd have had a wank in the restaurant listen fuck the kid. Listen don't fuck the kid she that looked at the screen which showed this is a literal this is a direct quote I'm going to share this article on our Twitter she looked at the screen which showed a man and a transsexual engaging in a sex act while dead or alive's you spin me right round was played it also showed a rotating helicopter to penis <laughs> there's no such thing as a transsexual your sex is set at birth you can be a transgender so whoever is fucking writing into this metro and the editor of the newspaper they need to have a word with themselves and get woke with the kids oh, okay fucking vegetables again I oh, oh 2015 hobnobs and mccoys hobnobs and mccoys uh, t- were they vegan lesbian flavor uh, this is from 2015 so this is from a different era, Adam, you know? 
Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah, 2015 then. when you're like, there's a fucking, there's a fucking transo, you know. I don't know what the term is now. Everyone's like, oh my god, it's this. It's not that, and that's really disrespectful. And you oh my need to god, change that's your life. a woman with a dick. If this had <laughs> been from like 1995, it'd be like fucking tranny on a computer. We don't trust either. <laughs> <laughs> Cocking a frock on one of those magic boxes. Um, well done, Craig. You absolute you fucking ledge. I hope. I hope he's not. I hope he's not seen this article, thought it was funny, and then just written that backwards. Craig, I want to believe you, and I think I'm going to. But my God, if don't you dare question our listenership. They would never lie to us. Do you think Lily Savage would be allowed now? Mm. Over those listening who are like, what is this ancient relic you talk about? You'll know Paul O'Grady. He's done a chat show for years now, but um, he used to do a character called Lily Savage, which was him who, and I assume he's a gay man, oh, yeah, uh, he's fucking was dressed up gay as, as a woman to host Blankety Blank, Blankety Blank, and other such game shows. Jeff oh, yeah, he made his, made his, like, cut his teeth on the Liverpool club circuit like the old mainstream circuit back in the D's and was just yeah to now oh god I don't want to get it right what's a man in a dressed as a woman that's a transvestite isn't it I think so yeah, yeah. or a drag queen a drag queen and this is before like RuPaul oh, made that shit abomination <laughs> that the Lord will burn him for you know one of those three fucking hell the crisps are kicking in everyone the crisps are kicking in give him some fucking what's it Adam's coming back I always get those three mixed up it's either transvestite um, drag queen or a fucking abomination it's one I, I can't oh depends who you listen to I, just, I think you need some carrot sticks we need person as well person uh, so if you've got a proudest moment I'm going to go away and have a little think because Craig yours is going to take some some matching if you have a proudest moment and it's going to make us two laugh and you think we'll share it on have a word it- I think we have to call it something other than proudest moment because we're going to get people writing and going the day my daughter was born and we're going to be like oh shut up Barry mate if you email that in and you are daft enough to think we're going to read that shite <laughs> Fucking hell. It has to be when you've done something that has wound someone up or landed them in a bit of fucking trouble or, you know, shown some kids some hardcore gay porn. Something in those <laughs> categories. I wasn't even there when Etta was born. I was parking the Were car. You not? I was parking the car. Yeah. I wasn't mad. I wasn't Laura's I wasn't Laura's birthing partner. So when you said that, my proudest moment was like, oh yeah, that's that dickhead time that I've missed the birth of my daughter. Uh, oh, you're all sad now. No, no, no. It's funny. It just makes me look look a bell. And Who I, was ca- her I can't. Her, her sister Becca, who's fucking amazing. I love Becca. She listens to the pod. Shout out to the best sister-in-law in the game. Uh, I can't do blood and guts. My granddad had stitches about ten years ago, and I nearly passed out. I got asked to leave the the doctor's like the little hospital theatre bit because he was just having some stitches in his head, and I was like, oh. And I can't do blood and gore. Can't see on TV. I'm like, yeah, it's not real. In real life, I'm what like, whoa, whoa. And what do you mean blood? Is the blood when you give birth? Okay, good. Oh, it's going to be a steep learning curve. Uh, the, the she had um, a C-section because Etta was breached. They were like, oh shit, 
this fucking baby's trying to come out. Well, it's not even less blood because they just open the stomach and it's like opening a pot of Tupperware and taking whatever you need out and then you just put it... Right, okay. Back so I can see from what you've just said that you do not suffer the same like problem with gore that I do. You, you just said that. So didn't, you, they just cut a stomach and then they pull out all her intestines and just put them there and then a few... And then they just pop a baby out. Take her and then they take intestines It's just a baby in Mate, it. Just a I'm not joking. Baby. This... Becca's... Done. Becca was was peeping round to see what was going on. They check all the shit while it's open. They're like, oh, well, it's like, you know, on a service, like, well, we've had the cam belt off. Let's just check the whole engine. They start fucking getting things out. Like, look at that. That's nice, isn't it? What's yeah, that? Yeah, but I reckon you could just say to the doctor, look, I don't need a full fucking MOT. Just sort me windshield out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Get the baby out. Yeah, but <laughs> by this point, I'd be unconscious, face floor on the fucking theatre floor. Like, whoa, whoa. So it just wasn't happening. Becca was like, oh, I love it. I want to be there. She was mine. Brilliant. I'm going to be hers. Amazing. If we have another kid, my mother-in-law's doing it. They're taking turns. There's a fucking queue and I'm not in it. So the plan was I was going to be outside. I was going to be like the fucking logistics guy. I was going to be like tech support. Oh, she needs a coster. I don't know. In my head, I was going to be like, whatever you need, babe, I'll be outside. I'll be ready to go. And as soon as the baby's born. So she went in at 9 p.m. Uh, the doctor was like, you're, you'll be a dad at 9.45 so in 45 minutes be here and you can come in and you can meet your daughter we were like <laughs> I was like 45 minutes that's enough time to move the fucking car because I was in the really expensive uh, car park I was like I could you get that fucking idiot I, will, I could get the car round because I knew where there was parking I could get the car like just back into Beeston a bit I park it for free and I just jog back this is fucking sweet and then I was like it's more like 50 minutes really I could do with a shower. We've been dicking around all day. I drove home and I had a shower. You're a fucking knobhead. I had, honestly, <laughs> I had a shower and then I picked up one of the, the pillows under the guise of, I went home for one of Laura's pillows. Then, as I was driving back to Nottingham, <laughs> the hospital in Nottingham, I saw a co-op and was like, oh, I fucking love a snack. Stopped. This No, ding, 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 ding. You didn't do this. Right. I swear on. <laughs> ding 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 and then the phone goes I swear on Etta's life I did this I went and got grapes I can't remember what snack I got but I got some I was like I've got grapes for Laura I'm really doing it for Laura do you know I was about, how many women are listening to this podcast right now that are fucking seething yeah yeah I'm, I'm a bell end I got a phone call from Becca who was obviously the birthing partner she was expecting to ring me and I was just in the foyer outside the theatre and she went you're a dad and I was like <laughs> she went do you want to come and meet your daughter I was like <laughs> I literally looked to the right and I was driving past Chilwell Golf Club in Nottingham I was about fucking eight minutes away I then flo by the way this isn't all on me those fucking surgeons did it in about half an hour I would have made it if they weren't rushing <laughs> so I fucking flew back had to park in the expensive car park again so paid for it twice fucking nightmare ran upstairs I'm having I feel guilt I feel bad walked in and the pressure of being a bellend and being next to a golf course when my daughter was born and looking like a real twat of a dad because I was trying to park the car while my wife was in surgery and then also and you walked in with a fucking punter to grapes I got a, I've got a, I've got I've got I've got grapes, a fucking pack of chewy drumsticks, and like a pillow. Walked in, saw my daughter, and burst out, burst into tears. And I, you know when people say, "Oh, I, you know, I cried at the door, the birth of my child." It was, 
embarrassing crying. Like, ah, it was too much. You walked in to meet your daughter and for burst the first into time. Tears and burst into tears. As if you were going to see Big Mama's house too. I've got me snacks. I don't <laughs> like the cinema seats, so I've brought a pillow and I'm ready. How are you, Laura? Are you comfy? Look, this pillow's real comfy. Oh, I fucking wept. And then oh, the doctor's like, one of the doctors, it was the most awkward moment. He was like, oh, <laughs> gave me a pat on the shoulders. It's like, shut up now. He's like, oh, it's nice to see a man who can show his feelings. And I nearly did the joke. Yeah, it's just because I've had to pay for the most expensive car park twice, but I, ch- I chose I chose not to. But, oh, fuck me, that was intense. Not going to be listed as my proudest moment, that one. What a fucking bell end. Uh, a couple of would-you-rathers, Adam. Oh, yes. You fancy them? You like them, don't you? I, I love them. I think uh, it's it, it reminds me of when we first started doing it, which is you know just so, such a long time ago now. And oh, it. Yesterday's were good. I really enjoyed coming up with them. I asked Jade them. By the way, let's just give a shout out to Jade here for being an absolute fucking knobhead. <laughs> she gets fucking hammered on this podcast because she's a pain in the fucking pubes. She won't stick to the rules of these would you rather's. She tries to get me on a technicality. No. So yesterday, she went to her mum's and she come back and we were just in the living room. I was sat on the 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 lazy boy recline chair we've got, and she was sat on the floor between my legs because she wanted me to stroke her hair. It was just a nice little moment during the shutdown, just a nice little intimate boyfriend girlfriend giving her a bit of a massage. And I was like, "How oh, I come up with all the would you rather's on the podcast today? Do you want to play them?" She was like, "Yeah, I'd love to go for it." So I was like. Uh, would you rather have a constantly itchy bum hole or constantly feel like there's shampoo in your eyes? And right. she went, um, I'd, I'd constantly feel like there's shampoo in my eyes because, uh, yeah, I think that one. And I went, yeah. And then I used what you said. I went, but then if you're crossing a road, you're trying to get somewhere, you're not going to be able to see properly. She went, no, but like, I'd just stay in the house for a week. And then I reckon after a while, you'd get used to it. And I was like, no, you don't get used to it. It always feels exactly how it does now. She's like, no, you didn't say that. So I'm, I'm just sticking with the original question you asked. And that's what I'm doing. I was like, no, you can ask me to clarify she should be a lawyer. what I mean. What? She should be a lawyer. That's exactly the kind of fucking pedantic shit a lawyer would do. Well, actually, the original question you asked was not that question. So now you're changing the question. So is it a separate question, Adam? Is it a different question? Because the first question I've answered and I was right. Next question. Oh, is it a new one or is it the old one? Rehash so you win. Disgusting. Like it's. Were you here yesterday? Because I'm pretty sure that's fucking verbatim what she said. <laughs> I think I know Jade so much better. It ruined the next hour. I was like, are you just play the fucking game? I am playing the game. You asked the question and I answered it. I'm refusing for you to add a caveat. If you're going to add a caveat to that one, you need to add a caveat to the bumhole one. Okay. So what if the shampoo one is, oh, it always feels like that. Then you've got to make the bumhole one worse as well. I was like, no, no. When I asked you the question, it was always that it will sting forever. You just didn't ask me to clarify that. Well, I can't ask you to clarify everything. I've just got to oh, go off you said. My I, oh. God. Bag. I haven't spent any time with Jade in four months. Not at all. And I feel like I know her so much fucking better just through this podcast. Um, And it's not all good. <laughs> would you, if you have babas with Jade, would you go in the... Uh, in the I mean, would you have a choice? There's the other question. But would you go in? I'd go in. Yeah, I'd deliver it if I have to. Like if it, if we were stuck in traffic or something, and it went down in the car. I could do that. Yeah. Fucking hell. Blood and that doesn't bother me. Oh. I just 
She needs a C-section. I've got a Stanley blade in the car. Keep it there in case it ever kicks off. Oh, you do a C? Open it up with with a Stanley blade. Lift the baby out. There's max masking tape there as well. There's a so back up. We won't even need to go to the hospital. Straight back home. Get me tea on, love. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Richard Peel. Uh, Richard, you have... um, You've been on one, and I like it. Would you rather have a 10-inch cock, but you always come after 20 seconds, or a 3-inch cock, but be able to come whenever you want? Now, I'm just going to say, before Adam answers, that is a very, very well done set of parameters, because you you see 10-inch, and you're like, oh, 10-inch. I mean, that's pretty... (laughs) But three is so small. You're like, oh, that's difficult. But then 20 seconds is a nightmare. But then three inches is... So where are you? I'd go three inches because, you know, if you can keep Laura happy with that, then I can find an equally beautiful woman. I'm sure Jade would leave me, but I I could find someone like Laura. Cha! Upset me, nasty bitch! (laughs) I've been very open about my penis size. It's not gargantuan. Don't call me a three. <laughs> Don't call an orange a red. It's red. Are you orange? I don't know, but I, that reminds me of that Dave, Dave Longley bit. He always had that bit. He's like, yeah, I've got an eight-inch dick. Nine, if I really jam the ruler in. I did that line for a bit, not knowing that he <laughs> did it. Yeah. Yeah. Three. Five and a half or six if I did the oh, ruler. Oh, shut up with your fucking... And, that, and that's been reduced. Yeah, that was the joke. Yeah, you can't you can't be a comedian who's on stage going, "I've got a seven and a half inch dick," because that's not funny, is it? Yeah, five and a half, tiny, is funny. I don't like where this is going. I feel this feels very nasty. (sighs) Is this your proudest moment? Hurting me in the dick. This is my moment. This This is my my proudest moment with you. Um, Where did that yes, come from? Where the fuck did that come Jilly Bean in Texas is like, what the fuck was that? My theme of coaching, babe. This is my moment. This is my... Right. Uh, it wasn't my theme of coaching. It was Celine Dion. What? It was Celine Dion who did that song. You're a fucking rat. <laughs> <laughs> You're a dick liar. Um, I'd love a ten inch cock, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you love a ten inch cock just to just to? I just uh, you know, if they make VR porn and it's properly immersive, I wonder the settings they're going to have. They're going to be like, right, there's a on the program. Obviously, it's a completely immersive VR porn, but there is a limit with the programming. We could only do ten dick size settings. So. Just through experience with the company's been over in a few years. Thanks for choosing us, by the way. Um, uh, which sizes are going to be? It, that no one is going to pick any smaller than six. Like, oh, I just what I what I've got. Is that what you've got? Yeah, no, it is what I've got. They're going to be like six inch, or you can go eight inch, or you can go ten. Some guys going to be like, I want a middle long dick. Like, yeah, it's going to be weird in the VR porn. I want it. Give me a middle long dick. Give me the Python. Like, there's a weird psychology of, like, I just, even though a girl probably be like, I don't know what 
you think I'm doing with that. I'm literally, that's not going to happen how you think that's going to happen. I'll fucking, I'll, I'll, I'll wrestle it like fucking Steve Irwin on an alligator, but I'm not putting that shit inside me. Even though that would happen so much, girls would be like, are you ki- I kill him? I don't want to die here this evening. There's still a bit of me who are like, I'd like that though. I'd like a girl to be like, fucking hell, no way, mate. I'd love it. There's no woman ever said that to you. <laughs> I find that hard to believe. <laughs> fucking hell, no way, mate. What do you want me to do with that? <laughs> no, they're usually like, oh, fair play, easy night's work. <laughs> and if the if the prostitutes in Birmingham are like, oh my god, is he dead? Is he dead? Did he die tonight? You ten inch, but come every twenty seconds. I'm going three, me. Coming out, coming after twenty seconds. I mean, I'm going three and finding myself a nice little tight white bitch. Oh my god! Oh my. Actual Lord. I tell you what, you 20 seconds, if you're a complete... <laughs> it's frightening what you... Some of the shit, you're prozzy pussy. Some of the... 10 inch, it's going to feel good, but every girl's going to be like, Is it, what are you doing? You're like, sorry, love. That's me. <laughs> like, I mean, it was just starting to not hurt. The three inch cock, although it'd be sort of embarrassing, that's a hell of a trick at a, at a part, isn't it? That's almost like... <laughs> Have you seen what Have you seen what Adam Rowe does when he gets shit Adam, do it. Do your thing. Look at his little dick. Whoa, he's gone. And again. <laughs> Sing the American national anthem and right at the end, Adam will come three times and it's like fireworks. I'm going three inches and I can come whenever I want. And the home of the... That'd be an amazing superpower if you could just make someone jizz. If that was your power. If you just had the power to make a bloke jizz. Like if you were getting attacked by eight eight guys. <laughs> Sounded I, like a gay fantasy, didn't I it? Have, I, 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 have you? Work the shaft. <laughs> Why are you switching your nipples? Oh. <laughs> um, would you rather... Oh, God. Richard Peel. I sort of missed the first one. I'm going to say it anyway. Would you rather jizz? Would you rather your jizz? <laughs> this is who listens to our podcast. These are our patrons. Would you rather your jizz was so smelly it made you and your partner want to puke, or your jizz was the blue dye they used to prevent money getting robbed? I tell you what, if you started dating a girl and she was into like facials, oh, the next day when she had lunch with her parents. <laughs> <laughs> you all right, darling? You look like fucking. Papa Smith. <laughs> uh, I'm, in a, I'm in a play, actually. We did a rehearsal last night. We're doing a Braveheart. Um, <clears throat> we're doing a performance of Braveheart. Food I think dog. you've still got to go with the blue, though. As awful as that would be, you can't be having stinky spunk, can you? Oh, roll over. You're in the blue patch. <laughs> no, you can't. I mean, my wife treats my jizz like it does smell that bad anyway. She's like, do not put that anywhere but in there. Lovely. What a lovely... I think that's a lovely point to draw a line under that section, Adam. Richard Peel, thank you, sir. Any other... Set? Yes, John's. Would you rather's uh, proudest moments have a word pod at gmail.com 
We prefer hangover it rituals. on the email. Hangover rituals from your thunder. Just anything. Hello Any questions? Gmail.com. And also, if you ever want to start your own podcast, you should contact Lightwork Studios. Do you love podcasts? Have you always wanted to do your own, but you don't know how? Well, here at Lightwork Studios, if you've got an idea for a podcast, then we want to record it and record it well. Whether you're doing your first podcast or you've been doing it for years, we think all podcasts should look and sound as good as possible. And with prices starting from £30 an hour, we are by far the best priced professional podcast studio in London. We've got three HD cameras, six top-of-the-range mics, and a sound technician on hand to make sure that all you have to focus on is talking. We can have the recording edited and sent to you the very same day. Find us at lightworkpodcasts.com so we can help record your next podcast. Send in your questions and suggestions to haveawardpod at gmail.com. Let's crack on with this nonsense. It's time to have a word with Adam and Dan. Tell us all the problems you have with your friends. This is going to be the whole podcast. Now it's just the time of 10%. Has <laughs> anyone got the blue facial still in the red? I feel. Oh, oh this is a new dress. You alright, Adam? Oh, oh, it's a big yawn. Someone's not had his 14 coffees. <laughs> I'm tired, man. I need a nap. Oh, God. I need a VAT party. Who do you think you are getting, Mr. Hygiene? Right. Um, you okay? Yeah. What's up? I'm just. just I, a bit frazzled, a bit tired. Yeah, I think you've been. I think this has been really fun. So I've had a really. I was the medicinal. Yeah, I feel like I've run out of steam. Right. Okay. You do. You do. You just get this out. I'll do the legwork. I've got you. I've got you, fam. Heavy one, though. It's a heavy one. Fine. We've had. We've had mirth. Let's do life. <laughs> <laughs> what a douche. Oh, blue jeans. Uh, so first of all, I'll tell you, names have been changed in this story to protect the guilty. Um, about five months ago, my mum was asked to take a family friend's daughter in called Jordan, but not called Jordan, um, who was just getting out of an abusive relationship with a violent boyfriend. Oh, my parents often help people who've fallen, fallen on hard times, so we're happy to help as long as she was open and honest with me mum. She wasn't. It turned out that as well as her ex, she... Jordan had drug trafficking charges, which when was found out, she claimed had slipped their mind. My mum wasn't happy, but she was happy to forget about it as long as she was honest going forward. Mate, this mum is sound. Jordan's behaviour was very erratic, as if she was on drugs. She'd talk at you rather than to you. She barely had any appetite and had had trouble sleeping as well. She was also rude, did no housework, and pretty much treated our home like a hotel. My parents were, possibly naively, willing to consider that these were possibly symptoms of mental illness rather than drug abuse. One night she said she was going for a walk, but then accidentally sent my mum two texts that were clearly meant for her ex. The second one being that there was a police car on Swan Street, which is about 20 minutes from where we live. Despite her blaming a glitch on the phone company's satellites. <laughs> <it> was- <laughs> <Been hacked. laughs> Fuck off, you lid. 
It was obvious she was not only still speaking to her ex, but probably still doing slash trafficking drugs as well. We then had a vote in the house and decided that Jordan should leave as she wasn't using our help properly. When she left, we went through her trash and found that she'd been throwing out some of the family's property, including some really personal stuff that was irreplaceable. Lesson learned. If you're going to help an addict, make sure they actually want you to to help them. Uh, please have a word with Jordan. Love you guys from Anna. P.S. Adam, has your banjo string actually grown back or is your knob forever damaged? Oh. Oh. Um, forever damaged. Over to you, Dan. Oh, whoa, whoa. Is it, is it forever damaged? I don't really know. I don't look at it that often. Have you got a kink? Do you lean one way or the other? It's sort of like a roller coaster. It's got like a few bends in it. Right. That's the length in it. I've got a water slide of a dick. Yeah. I, because I masturbate with my so right hand. twists and turns. There's no way you won't get wet. <laughs> <laughs> i got a fucking log flume lid. I, because I, cr- I always use my right, I'm a right, I'm a right-handed bowler pace. I, my dick just left to its own devices just got like it's almost like I've bashed it to the left a bit you know when there's like trees that have been blown over in a tropical they've just been blown off the coast and it's just leaning one way that's the way my dick goes um do not ever give yourself an away game oh tried it but I tell you what the guy's not match fit old <laughs> old righty he's been in the first team since he was 13 this cunt's on the bench he's fucking can't even literally his finishing is terrible I tell you when you realise um, the different when I realise the difference I dislocated my shoulder a few years ago <laughs> on my right side so I had just no right arm for a while and yeah I had to have uh, plenty of away games there mate that's why you need a fucking partner in it that's <laughs> with his arm with it- me. <coughs> oh god that's to help me shower and stuff <sighs> Because my shoulder popped out because I was trying to stop some big cunt and me brother. It was Boxing Day. We'd been drinking all day. Got hammered. Oh, Jesus. And Impact I'm world. talking to me barber or someone from school or something. A bit hazy. And I turned around because I heard, oh, the fuck, the fuck, the fuck, the fucking, fucking, fuck. And I turned around and I was like, who's fighting? Me little brother and this big fella. And I just got in the middle of them and went, lads, it's Christmas. I don't know what's going on, but fucking pack it in. Shove me brother away and tapped this lad on the chest and when I did it he got both his hands together and shoved me in the shoulder which just sends you off balance you just fall and then I woke up about two or three hours later I think just sat on a bench in absolute agony screaming with pain it went to me dad's because earlier that day me and Jade had murder so I was like I don't want to go back home in this state I can't move my arm my pants were around my ankles because I'd gone for, to go for a piss in the in the in the park and then up. couldn't get my pants back on properly because my right arm wasn't working so I went to my dad's <laughs> stayed on the couch um, and like kept having to I kept waking up and having to be like to my dad can you come and move my arm for me because I can't move it and in the end, he was like, we need to go to the hospital, lads. And we were there for hours. And uh, yeah, it turned out I dislocated it. And then Jade turned up at the hospital. What it did do is we never discussed that absolute murderous argument we had. It was just, let's just forget about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It gets trumped, doesn't it? It gets trumped. Anyway, let's talk about this smackhead. Um, yeah. 
There's a smacker in the house. What are you gonna do? There's a smacker in the house. What are you gonna? Have you got anyone in your life who's ever struggled with addiction? Me, um, me. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, <laughs> I've I've struggled with addiction, but in the most just non fucking Edinburgh show worthy way. I like taking some drugs, and I've when I was twenty one, I started. And I did them a bit more regularly, right up until I was about 27. And then from 27, 28 till now has been a gradual me growing out of it and working and not being that guy. It's been a very slow process, but at no point was it ever dramatic enough to be like, oh my God, Dan's a drug addict. He's just had to quit everything. And he's done this brilliant Edinburgh show where he weeps several times. And then he actually filmed his intervention. It was, And I've just had to be like, yeah, I'm a bellend. I can't have cocaine dealers numbers in my phone. That's the little bit of control I've had to affect. Yeah, I can't no, have that number difference. in my phone there's a difference between being an addict and really liking something yeah were you yeah. ever were no. you ever getting up and having a fucking line of coke to start your day yeah i've been i've been in a few slightly oh shit i've been in a few slightly darker spots um once i'd coke from a night before this is this is actually one of the last times i did something that sort of like freaked me out because my life was changing I'd already met Laura and me and my mate Sean had been out in Leeds the night before me and Laura had been together for about eight months nine months nearly a year and I just had this coat we'd had a bit and we'd had a really good chat we'd been to a couple of pubs and we'd gone back Laura had been away she came back on the Sunday afternoon Sean buggered off and I knew I had about half a gram of coke and I was a bit hazy I was like make this Sunday afternoon way more fun wouldn't it so she was watching a film and making a bit of food and I just kept finding an excuse to go to the bedroom and have a little line of coke and then just come back and sit there and go hey what do you want to talk about love do you want to talk about something and and I went through the whole <laughs> evening did polished it all off in about three and a half hours just like trying to do she couldn't tell and then I started coming down and then I was just like Laura I've got to tell you something I've been doing coke on the sly all afternoon she was like okay that's a bit weird isn't it I'm like yeah I'm a bit smack sometimes she was like right it's that it's that level of like what you're doing little secret smack tendencies but I've never let them get control to the point where it's fucked me up that bad so I Laura doesn't I, do drugs does she she never has um, I don't know what she'd like to have said on a podcast, but she's not a choir girl completely. Let me put it that way. Okay. <laughs> God, okay. God bless. But look, but you, you, you're not far from bang on. But yeah. so yeah, I it, it, there'll be people listening who've got gen, who've dealt with real addiction problems. Going, mate, you are a fucking under twelve year old footballer. I am. Na- I've I have fourteen caps for the national team. That is low level, but. I have, you've got to keep a cap on that because you can see the stages going up. And also when you're going out and partying and, and getting wrecked, your your little level intermingles with other levels. So I went to parties, like when I said with those, like where you started partying with dudes from the gay scene in Manchester and you'd end up at some parties going, this is smacky. I remember being on a balcony at a flat at a party, after party. It was like Sunday morning at eight in the morning and it'd been quite a good party but there was a few slightly ropey characters, everyone dead friendly. It's on the balcony, just looking out onto the, you know the motorway that goes from Liverpool to Manchester, the M602 is it? It was like those flats looking out onto that lovely view and a guy sat next to me, seemed perfectly friendly and then he went... <coughs> 
<laughs> the kind of cough now that make you go, that guy's got the Rona, run like fuck. I went, ooh, that's a bad cough you got, fella. You all right? He was like, oh, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've just had some quite strong, uh, I've just smoked some quite strong crack. And I, <laughs> and I went, okay, cool. Lovely to meet you. And in my head, I was like, taxi time and fucked off. So I've dealt with some little personal issues and just kept a lid on it. Been a bit fucking daft in places, but I've also, I've seen, I've got close to like what it looks like to be in that dangerous territory. And that party, a few years after, my mate, who was the mate of the people there, she was like, oh yeah, so-and-so's died. He's like 26 when he died. I'm like, was that a crack on the balcony guy? I think it probably was. Um, So no, I, not by these standards, not like heroin on the sly, a bit of meth on the sly, but I've, 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 in the, the whole league table of it, I've been to like division one. League, I've not yeah. got to championship Premier League standard of addiction but it's still a thing it is right what well, well, she says here like if you are going to help an addict they do have to really want to change and want your help like I won't say I've mentioned before that my mum was a proper alcoholic like full bottle of vodka a day which is more commitment than addiction isn't it that's difficult to yeah. plow on through very very dangerous um, she uh she drank for a reason she had some trauma earlier in her life which is such a clear that happened and that's why she drinks sort of thing um, which I won't mention out of respect to her but for a while we just like especially after my dad left after they split up they um, we just accepted that my mum had a few drinks and the time I got her to change was I was having two of my friends over to have a game of poker right and I went up the stairs and as in the house we lived in, which was a council house on Kemsley Road in Dovecot in Liverpool. How old were you at this you, point? Oh, I don't know. Um, 13, 14 sort of time? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I must have been around that age. Um, as you got to the top of our stairs, if you went straight ahead, you ended in my bedroom. If you went to the left, you were in my mum's bedroom, and if you went to the right, you were in my little brother's, right? But all of our doors were always open. We yeah. never were the type of family who had, like, I'm in my bedroom, I'm shutting the door. It was just never like that. So I went into my bedroom, picked up a, a case of poker chips, and I had, like, a table topper that me and my mates used to play poker on. I picked both of them up, and I walked past, and I was moving quite quick, and I just glanced to the side in my mum's room as I was on the way down, and I knew she'd been drinking. So I was like, just fucking leave her in her room. I got about four steps down the stairs and I was like, was my mum on the floor? So I went back up and she'd fell over in a drunken stupor. But she was in the process because despite being an alcoholic and spending a lot of money on it and being slightly fucked in that regard, she's very house proud, my mum. So she never let, certainly for a long time, never let her responsibilities go in, in, in favour of her alcohol. She was quite good at still making sure me and my little brother had everything we needed before she got yeah, drunk. Yeah. Certainly for a long time. Um, it didn't stay that way forever, but for a long time it did. She was in the process of getting her bedroom floor done. So she'd ripped the carpet up and there was just bare floorboards because the car- the new carpet hadn't come yet. That was coming in like a week or so. And she'd fell over and she'd landed a head on a like the nib of a nail sticking out like 
not the not the sharp bit, but the you know the head that you'd hammer down. Yeah, and it had yeah. cut her head a bit. It hadn't like bruised her skull. It hadn't gone through, but she was bleeding from her face, and she fell and was so drunk that she couldn't get herself back up. So I go to my mates. My mum's fucked here, and so I called an ambulance. We got her to the hospital, and this is how drunk she was. This is how an addict's brain works, right? It was so busy in the hospital, Whiston Hospital, just outside of Liverpool, that she didn't get given a room, right? So she was put on a bed in the corridor of the hospital. And she, my mum always had this big black handbag. And it's where she would hide. You never went near my mum's handbag. That was the one thing you weren't allowed to go near. Oh, Because that's she where had, she would hide her yeah, stuff. Yeah. She'd have her bottles yeah. of... So she had like three empty half bottles, like three thirty-seven point five 37.5 centiliters bottles of vodka empty in her bag and because she's in the hospital and she knows they're going to ask her questions and she's got an addict's brain she just took the bottle out of her bag and slid it down the side of her bed thinking I'm in a bed I'm against the wall if I slide this bottle of vodka down the side no one will ever find it and it just smashed all over the floor and I was like I went to her what are you doing and she looked at me and went (laughs) <laughs> don't tell anyone I've just smashed a bottle of vodka all over the floor um, then we went into she, she'd sobered up a few hours later. we were there like all night and I mean all night because she was seen as a low priority she was very very drunk but she hadn't done any bone damage or anything so it was we just need to talk to her also, about maybe getting some help thins your blood as well don't it's that you you bleed more oh, when you're pissed, pissed with it. it yeah yeah when i found her you'd have thought she'd been shot in the head <laughs> like it was horrendous it was fucking ridiculous um and then when the, she'd sobered up hours later and i'm sat with my mum and i remember this so vividly the the doctor that we were speaking to said do you think you've got a drinking problem? And my mum said, no. And I, I just grabbed her hand and said, mum, come on, it's time. And I was 13, 14. Jesus. And she burst out crying and said, yeah, I have. And the doctor said, how much do you drink? And my mum said, once a week, I'll have a bottle of vodka. And I went, mum, come on. There's no point doing it if you're not going to do it properly. And then she went, I have at least half a bottle of vodka a day. And the doctor, like, his eyes were like, holy fucking shit, you're quite well grounded for someone who's this far in. Wow. So then she went through an at-home rehab thing where you, you, the way it works is it it takes two weeks, I think. It It might be three, but it takes at least two weeks. And you get given what are essentially alcohol replacement tablets, yeah. So if you just stop cold turkey when you're drinking half a bottle of vodka a day, it can be very, very bad for you. You can die. Your body can go into complete shock. So what he said is you can never have a drink again, but you take these. So on like the Monday, you would take three in the morning and then three in the evening. And then on the Tuesday, you would take three in the morning and two in the evening. Then on the Wednesday, you'd go back up to three in each and it was just taking you up and down and slowly weaning you off it. And then for like the last few days, you just take one and then you just don't take it again. And then for about it, I tell you how old I was. I was 15 when that happened, this story. And the reason I know that was within a year, I was 16 
and I did very, very, very well at my GCSE results, right? Um, and my mum was like, we're going to throw you a party to say congratulations for your GCSE results. You've done amazingly well. Um, and we were me. I asked a couple of your best mates who live in the street to help me do it, but we don't know who you want to invite. We can't get your phone off you because you never let anyone go near your fucking phone. So we need you to help us plan this party now. So we're putting this party together, and she was like, "You're 16, but we'll get a load of booze." And I was like, "Are you going to be okay though, with there being that much booze in the house?" And she was like, "I'll be absolutely fine." And naively, I was like, "Okay, cool." So we went to do a big shop one night just for booze. We got a load of bottles of vodka, loads of bottle, loads of beers, loads of whatever yeah, yeah. the stuff to make cheeky vimto like blue wick and port. And I said to me mum, because at sixteen I was still quite conscientious and fairly intelligent. I was like, mum, I know you say you're going to be okay, but I want to keep all of that alcohol in my room. I want to keep it under the bed, and I'm going to start shutting my door. I just don't want you to have the temptation. It's not... It's like a role reversal, saying, isn't it? It's a role reversal of what, like, usually it's the uh, the parent going, you're not having that alcohol anywhere near you, you're 16, but because you'd seen addiction up close for so long, you're literally like, yeah. I know how this goes. Totally. And what I would do was, every day, because we got that alcohol stupidly, um, like, a week or ten days before the party. <laughs> <laughs> it's too soon and every day I would come in and a few times a day I was just so obsessed with it I would just look under the bed and be like right it's all still there and one day I looked at the there was two bottles of vodka right next to each other and there was a millimetre if that in difference in the levels oh, yeah. but I knew they were exactly level before so it just dropped by a millimetre and at first I was like why would she do that There's, it's literally pointless to drink that much alcohol oh Jesus <laughs> I went into her bedroom and I was like mum and she was just to her she was sober she's I can get away with this I'm fine and I was like have you had a drink she went how fucking dare you and I was like have you had a drink and I was like well why is the top loose on this vodka then who's opened it because I haven't Jack wouldn't dare do that. She's like, it might, it, it, you, you don't know, it could have been, could have been anyone. And I was like, yeah, but... <laughs> no, it definitely could and it could be. Us I was three. like, mum, you're an alcoholic, your drink of choice is vodka and the vodka's loose and there's a little bit missing. She was like, who'd drink that? Who'd drink a little millimetre of vodka like that? And I was like, have you been pouring yourself vodka and then filling it back up with water? And she just burst out crying. I was like, yeah. Oh, God. So the next day... I, I just left her and I was like look we'll talk tomorrow when you have another drink and the next day and she was like look I've had a setback it can happen it'll never happen again don't worry about it um, we'll go to the shop today you can get a lock for your bedroom door you can lock it I won't be able to go in and I was like okay great let's do all that did that and then the night of the party she just got absolutely hammered she got because the party was in our house. She got dead, dead drunk. And then that was the spiral. She, she got slowly worse. Eventually, we had to move him. My dad we was still in regular contact with her. Then she went in to hospital. She was in intensive care for a few months. Then she come out. The bottom half of one of her legs had died, so she had to have it amputated. She then moved in to a bungalow. She couldn't come out of the hospital and go back to her old house because she'd lost one of her legs, essentially. And then nine months after she got that bungalow, 
we just got told I just got woke up one morning by my dad and it was your mum's dead and we thought for that whole time because we weren't living with her and we were only seeing her a few hours every other day we'd go round it's a lot easier for her to hide it but she actually never ever ever stopped drinking and it's because she couldn't no. I'm sure she wanted to I'm sure part of her would have liked to stop but she just couldn't do it and it's a disease Anna's right it's a disease, it's a disease and you to, to say you know you've got to make sure they want your help I'm sure Jordan from this story really does want to get away from that life. She really does want the help, but it's actually really hard to accept the help. So we will have a word with Jordan. Jordan, if by some miracle you end up listening to this podcast, listen to the story I've just told you about my mom, who was a lovely, otherwise healthy woman who couldn't get past this addiction and it ended up taking her life at 50 years of age. She was dead at 50 despite otherwise being completely healthy. She she didn't need to go that soon. And if Jordan, if you're listening, the life that you're living, I, I know I only know very, very, very small detail about it. It you could end up there and you don't want to end up there. Get away from this fucking dickhead who is dragging you towards this life. Get him some help if you can. If you go back to him at any point, go back with a clear mind, clear conscience and clearer drugs and go, look, I've sorted myself out. I can help you. If you, because I'm sure there's parts of you like, I love him. I need to be with him. Help him. You don't want to end up in an awful life together full of violence, drugs and hate and then end up having your life taken too early. So th- there's the half a word for the day. Slightly heavy one, but oh. I think... When it come in, I was like, I can speak from experience a little bit on this. So it's let's the people. Give it a go. It's the people in it. I think it's down to her. She's getting she's getting offered help, but ultimately, like in my life, there's people I've had to get rid of and be like, you are gonna, you're literally, you can see the the fork in the road of like that's the wrong way, and you're going that way, and I can't go down there with you. This guy sounds like he'd be a big part he'd be a big part of the first step in the right yeah. direction getting rid of this guy because there's better people you can invest your time in. I know it's hard when you love someone but fuck me that does not sound healthy well Adam well that has been um, brutal and fascinating and uh, thanks for being that honest about it and uh, I don't no, think I don't, anything, I don't mind it I think I think no shtick needs to I, be added to that I think um it's it's important to talk about stuff like that because we had it last time when I mentioned like health anxiety and mental health stuff on the podcast, which we try we 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 pride ourselves on being the funniest new podcast available. That's what this is. We want people to listen to this and piss themselves laughing as often as possible. But every now and then we drop something like this in, and the amount of messages we get from our listeners going thank you so much when we talked about health anxiety I got well into double maybe getting close to triple figures of messages and tweets like it was 50 plus of thank you so much for talking about that that's helped me the fact that I know someone else has gone through something similar has helped me massively and if today's thing does that for anyone if anyone listens to this and goes I know someone who should listen to that and should understand that there's other people going through something similar Every now and then we'll do something like this. We we pri- our, our priority is being funny, but we also don't want to just shy away from anything remotely mean and be honest. important. Because I just want to be honest, yeah. this is how we talk as friends, 
I think this is yeah. what people respond to. If we just sat down and went, Whoa, what's the banter? And just and just dodged anything that we cared about or was important to us. I don't think it'd be genuine, this podcast. So, fuck Would you me. rather yeah. be a smackhead or a drunk? And I'd rather be, be a smackhead than a drunk. No, drunk. Oh, I'd drunk. rather be a smackhead than a drunk. Drunk. Oh, I'd rather be a smackhead. Rather, rather be a smackhead than a drunk. Yes, I would. I drunk definitely because then you can be down the pub and be like, "Hey, where everybody knows your name?" And what it, that but probably yeah. the whale gym pub. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> the back alley is your cheers. Yeah, I'll be a drunk. I don't want to be either, but... Anyway, on that note, see you tomorrow for the lockdown lock-in. <laughs> lads, 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 lads. Ooh, we like a risk. We like to take a risk. <sighs> so, got a song for you. Um, uh, hip-hop artist from that day, Dublin. He's from Dublin, Ireland. Who the fuck is that guy? Um, it verges on spoken word, this one. I really, really enjoyed listening to it. His name is Graham Thompson. His Instagram is... Insta Graham MM95. So I N S T A G R A H A M M M95. That's his Instagram. This song is called Cold Nights. I think you'll enjoy it. I think it suits the vibe of the end of this podcast. And we'll see you tomorrow when I will be on a Bud Light Wave. Freezing in his house, the owl went screaming down the stairs at him to leave a fucking out. The smell of gringo when that gaff is hard to breathe when he's about. Pile of seed is in the drought, so he's stocking up, but he can't, he can't believe he grabbed an ounce. Now they're knocking off for a gram. He's trying to make an earn off and shot and stuff from the dam, enough to make himself a living, but not enough for the fam. He sees a plan, he's ready to step up and be the man. He needs a hand, cause swimming with the sharks, it's hard to see the land. He nearly lost it all and had to start where he began. He said he had to take the risk so he could. Partially expand, I'm thinking, damn Who just wanna spark a tree and jam This cunt is trying to be a gangster He got smart with me and ran Intimidation tactics, made remarks He's in a gang, but I'm not in to make a match He's break our sparks so we can hang, meaning Nothing's getting bored when you're around You got shy, unless of course it's you Man, you're the image of a rap boy A rise your like prop night Be slow with you like Klondike And act the Harry Potter If that's his that plays me one right She let me slither in Said she was an easy book considering The fight she let me Hit and start to shiver in And if you like this heat that I'm delivering I'm coming for me dividends And if you think I'm not your only ignorant Then for all the joker man I'm really trying to dominate From Ray to Donabay They go to Spotify to congregate I'm trying to make them understand But still they wanna hate And if you think I'm going anywhere But pile up gonna wait And honest mate You can take your shot It's only potluck And like the night you all solid Telling people they be chopped up You rocked up Softer than a pill
pill I want a quill Then you are one for talking gibberish That shit'll get you killed And I'm like Yo, yo, ask me if I give a fuck In me life I'm only trying to make a buck And live it up I've driven trucks and bandwagons Man's bragging where's the clutch I slap the brakes and let them end That where the rearview mirror looks Yeah